ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. <laughs> that's my favorite part of the whole show, isn't it? That is. That's my favorite part. What's going Dude, on, man, brother? It's been a while. I bet all of our listeners are like, where Timmy and Lance? Yeah, when they going to drop that next Lance? episode? I've been doing some of these interviews without you, and I'm I've missed yeah. you, brother. Yeah, you me as well, my friend. Yeah, let's uh, saw you Friday night though. We went out without pod without the mics. Uh-huh. I'm surprised we were even have able to have a drink and <laughs> and uh, private, you know, as popular as we are in this city. Yeah, I was surprised no one was like hounding us for autographs. Right, right, <laughs> telling us, you know, episode 58 was. Yeah. You know, my favorite, but, you know, maybe they were just being, you know, private. We're not at the Mahomes level yet. No, not yet. Gosh, so. and that place is cool, the Strang Hall. Love that place. That's, our, that's Steve Janky. Steve Janky. That's his little go-to place. Yeah, and, we also, and we also saw Steve Janky. We did. Little well, backyard as movie we, theater. And, yeah, and now we've realized he is the, uh, uh, what's that German word for when you look like someone, uh, doppelganger. Oh, d- yes. He's the doppelganger of the ghost of whatever, that ghost on the Polar Express. That's right. I went and <laughs> looked really it up, does. by the way, and like I guess the guy doesn't have a name. Oh, really? Like, you know, they don't call him the ghost of Christmas past or anything. Right. He's like the ghost that's on top of the, the train. The train. Oh. Looks just like Steve Jenke. When you put and a coffee cup in his hand, his hat, and the fire, Yeah, you're like, yeah. you feel like you're reenacting. It was dark outside, and the fire yeah. was just lighting up yeah. his face just right. Yeah. That was that was a good time. Yeah, he set up a little uh, like backyard movie. Yeah, like a drive-in movie theater. It was yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know why any single ladies wouldn't want to be hanging out with Steve. I, honestly, th- he is a he is a very interesting person, and you know, become a good good dear friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran into him yesterday, so I just got home from a, a wedding, um, because I did a wedding on Sunday too. Also went to church on Sunday, which we can talk oh, about that too. Okay, interesting. Anyway, so I I got home from the wedding. And I was like, wait a minute, there's only one big white dually truck that parks up here in the parking garage. And so I'm looking and all of a sudden Steve gets out with his kids. Really? And they were coming down to the plaza for some ice cream. Oh, nice. And then I checked my phone and I realized, oh shit, he texted me like (laughs) 30 minutes ago asking me about ice cream. Yeah. And, uh, but I was at a wedding, so I didn't get it. But, um, yeah, so he, he comes down with his kids and they walk around the plaza and and do that, which is such a great place, especially as we get close to Christmas, they're putting up Christmas lights already. Oh, really? They are already putting those babies up. And there's nothing that happens down here that Timmy isn't is not on <laughs> top right. of. You know what else is cool? That the Christmas lights here on the plaza, not only are they they're going up, of course, and they go on on Thanksgiving night. Everybody knows us in Kansas City. Well, those of us that live on the plaza, see, we actually get to see it when they turn them on. Way right. earlier to test right. it. So like there'll be a time like November second. Yeah. That I'll look over there. I'm like, oh, hey, plaza yeah. lights are on. Is this and your then, this is your second year or first year living down here with the lights? Uh third. Third this year. My third Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I don't this is random. No one on the podcast is even gonna uh want to care about this. But when I look downstairs on the numbers, the people who live here, do some of the people own these yeah. uh no, they're only for rent. They only are, but there's not enough numbers on that piece of paper for everybody in this building. Right. There's only a certain number of people that actually get that code, like I have. Okay. I don't, I don't know why, okay. but it's just a limited number. Yeah. And whoever. Yeah. Maybe somebody will find it interesting. I remember whenever I used to come down here on the plaza and I would see, and I still do this everywhere, but, you know, I'd drive by and see someone walking in, you know, and I'm like, What's what like what's like to live here? Who's the people that live in there? You we, are so much alike, you know, and and all that kind of stuff, you know. And so, um, 
yeah so i'm like what is it with our brain why are we like this because i you mentioned this about what am i missing what's going on yeah you know? like, i have that same feeling yeah. also what you just said exact same feeling i used to drive i love the plaza when i lived in olathe i would come down to the plaza every week like yeah. literally multiple times a week uh -huh. i would do appointments down here everything i would literally get my laptop all my stuff drive down to the plaza uh -huh. and work from down here and specifically the, these two apartments that i live in yeah these sisters apartments they're very visible if you've ever been to the yes. plaza, you've seen them they're, yeah they're, they're very recognizable yes and i remember countless times when I was driving out of the plaza thinking, oh man, look at that guy walking into the, yeah, that's cool to live down yeah. here. Yeah. That's cool. So it's just weird that like, I'm that yeah, guy. You're that guy like, now. I'm the guy living yeah. down on the plaza. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a cool place to live. Yeah. 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 It is. And the only thing they're missing and they had this back in the eighties and nineties. It's a Chick-fil-A. Well, that for sure <laughs> is a, a grocery store. That's oh, the only right. Thing. I mean, there's whole Cause foods, you got it and you got to go to Trader Joe's. Yeah. Where's gotta, whole foods? Um, about a mile just right up here okay of, uh, oh right i know you're i know yeah, where it is yeah -ish. yeah yeah right by umkc yes yeah. yeah uh which i looked at those apartments too they have apartments above uh whole foods oh okay and, uh, yeah which is a really cool yeah thing that they're doing now you know yeah. they go to grocery store and yeah other well, that's kind of how that strang hall set up too right like exactly they those got are the business above it. yeah they got businesses down there and yeah you know that's a that's a very fascinating um that concept thing. Yeah, that concept's neat. real big right now. Yeah. They call it something, but it's there's a name for it's it. It's like work, play, live. Like they, you know, that's the marketing sign. It's like, you know, you've got businesses there, you've got entertainment there, and you've got apartments there. Those yeah. three things are all set up there and it's got that urban kind of feel. Yeah, there's a new place that's uh I think it just finished, and that's how they promoted it on their big sign, Live Play Live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's down in Westport. And dude, they have like the pool there's gonna be tons of talent at that pool i bet i mean oh my goodness it's unbelievable you don't walk in there unless you are confident with the suit and oh, what you're yeah. gonna look like when you yeah can you imagine how um self-conscious people are oh, in those times like you know they're just like uh unless you're just ripped or sort of you know you right. know then you, yeah and then you're happy to take your shirt off and show your abs yeah <laughs> you know, I'll I'll tee up a, a little interesting subject. Yeah. You know, I think I brought this up to you last time. I said I wasn't going to talk about it on the show, but I'm just too dumb. I have to talk about everything <laughs> on the show. It's not the one we talked about a while ago, but you know, I've Michelle and I went to a uh, talk at up at um, the Lead Center with Ibram Kendi. He wrote the book How to Be an Anti-Racist, oh. and I read that book, and it was right with it the impacted you. Big time. Yeah, you told me that. You know, it was right when the George Floyd came out. The my employer was doing a lot on diversity, and and what I realized at that point was, you know, I'd been operating in a very uh, extreme position of racism. You know, meaning that you know, if someone said I'm a racist, th then I'd say, well, that's not true. I've got black friends, yeah. you know, or whatever. You know what I right. mean? Or you know, or you can't be. You know, if someone said something about you know, gay people. I'm like, one of my best friends is gay. You know, I, I mean, I'm right. not right. But what I realize is that's just the tip of the iceberg and that's the extreme point. You know, of course, I'm not KKK, well, you know, but but how I view things, you come, you know, say it's a pyramid sure. and, you know, you start coming down things and it's, you know, am I, uh, you know, encouraging or, or not maybe setting or not taking a position on, you know, when people make a statement about, you know, black people or, or Mexican people or something and calling them lazy. And, and these are things that 
these are stereotypes that you know even even Kennedy brings up in his book that he said even the black culture themselves have has adopted you know yes. the 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 look that they desire you know the the pants that yeah. you know we um malign because they're halfway down their butt you know and right. all that's like well that's just not how we dress they're different than us and sure. and i appreciate i've, I've just grown to appreciate and it kind of leads into our other topic of, exactly of, about, of yeah. opposite opinions and yeah, people are different than me and and you know and 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 you know it's like am i just wanting to live in one of these uh truman show you know homogenous you know environments where everybody's lives in the same kind of house and right. we all drive the same car and it's you know manicured to the t and and you know what I mean? And right. it's just, it's like and if someone brings up racism, la, 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 right. la, la, don't put my, you know, right. don't listen to that. Yeah. Part. You know, you're just closed off from society, but, but what was out with some friends and, and the only reason I'm teeing this up is because if there's individuals that are listening to the show, I'm always just looking to get better. Right. And so I'm certainly have embraced this concept of being an anti-racist, but I'm certainly not good at it. Right. And, and I like to think that that position even of itself makes me maybe lean a little bit more sure. And I'm not saying that just to be mature. I'm just sure. trying to think like I've got, I've adopted, I've come to the position that I'm like, I've gotten it wrong on this. You know, I've, I've, it's much deeper than I think that it is. So fast forward, you know, or a couple of weekends ago, we went out with some friends and had dinner and then we went to Westport and uh, we were going to julep, have some, have some drinks and, and it was 10 30, 11 or something. And, and the, they had the, the barricades up and it was past, you know, the hour. And, and we were the minority by far, me and, and me and my Caucasian friends. Right. And it, it made me really check myself. Was I feeling scared because I had heard the media talk about how things get a little out of control down here? Was I feeling uncomfortable because I was the odd race out right you know and had it a bunch of bunch if it was all asians maybe and i think where i i think where i was a little racist in my thought was maybe feeling like something's going to break out here and it's going to be bad when right. there was nothing happening that was leading me to that but it was just you know what i mean the demographic right. and all that and and i thought well if it was asians would i have thought the same thing you know but i do think that there's something about when you are if, if you win and it was all gingers and you, Timmy, show up and, and you're in your, you know what I mean? You're yeah. just kind of like, okay, you know, I don't feel unsafe, but I'm definitely the odd person. Or you walk into it, it's all girls and you're the only guy. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'd say something funny because it'd be your uneasiness about I'm, I'm in the wrong place here, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, but so I don't think that it was racist in the sense that I felt un awkward or uncomfortable, but there was definitely, it just, it just, it was just a new level of, checking myself sure. to say and, it, and i'm not saying that you don't there's not situations where it's like just be you know innocent and and yeah, naive, naive and <laughs> think that everything you know what i mean like yeah. you know you've lived a little bit you've got some street cred to know sure. wisdom to know maybe some situations and it and it, may, it has nothing to do with i mean if, if i encounter the same thing in leewood would it i you know it may be circumstance context a lot of those things anyway yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it was, it, it did make me sad a little bit because I thought there's some uncovered stones here in this yes. journey that I'm not completely erased. And I didn't like that because I, I want to embrace more diversity and things like that. And it was just a reminder that I've still got work to do. Yeah. I think that, uh, um, 
you know, especially as, as a white guy, you know, growing up in Johnson County, like a fly as a white guy. Yeah. And they're like a song that's, I, I got, I, I don't know if I would say lucky or just, this is fortunate or whatever. Yeah. The, or it's misfortunate school, that right. we, uh, the school I went to is fairly diverse Okay, and being in high school and a, like, so my best friend in elementary school was a black guy. Okay. And well, you're certainly not racist then. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, I, and I went to Grandview. Right. Which, oh, well, which so, yeah, you know, yeah. and it wasn't like very Grandview diverse. today, but right. it's very diverse. Yeah. You know, of course we didn't have Middle Eastern. Sure. It was, it was a, a African-American and a, right. a white community at the time. I'll tell you when I felt most racist. So I've never really felt racist. Just, you know, right. Just because I was in a very diverse school since elementary school up. So I never really thought much about it. Really. Honestly, I never. Right. And so maybe I was, you know, a little bit buried my head in the sand. Cause I was like, what, what are all those people? Why? I don't, yeah. Like, why? What? I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, and then as when I was in high school, I was a break dancer. And so I was the only white guy in my break. Oh my group. goodness. So, I wish we yeah, had a video of that. And then, um, fast forward actually to just this past Sunday, I went to church, which I can tell you about that. I don't want to tell the name of the church, but I went to church this weekend uh -huh. and, and yeah, I felt very odd. Okay. Uh, I'll just say it was a church out in South um, Johnson County, pretty much all white look like you uh -huh. country clubbers, <laughs> country clubbers. No one was like, I walked in, everybody's head turned like, right. Who's this motherfucker with all right. the tattoos and the <laughs> right. long hair. He looks like Jesus. Right. What's up? You know, and he read Leviticus and, you know, tatted the body up. <laughs> he needs Jesus. We need to get him saved. We need to pray for that. Yeah, guy. Like, I don't need Jesus. I got him right here on my arm tatted. <laughs> so yeah, I felt, felt a little bit odd there. Going back to when I felt racist, I'll tell you what made me feel like I really had to check myself was after 9-11. Mm. Every time mm. I saw yeah. a Middle Eastern person. You thought they're. Terrorists, they're going to blow us up. Yeah. And it took me a while to work yeah. through that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there was like, I'd get, and I'm a little ashamed to admit it, but I got on a plane, you know, a year or so yeah. after that. And right. a couple Middle yeah. Eastern people got on board. And I'm like, I think I'm getting off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and they, I, terrible yeah and that's the hard part about it right you're you're wanting to work through it and and i'm you know a lot of people wouldn't talk about it because they're they don't want to overtly mark themselves score themselves on where they are on this trajectory of right. not becoming you know but to me i'm i'm working through yeah, it i mean I like, my no, heart I right we've got our yeah same thing on the faith side right it's like we're willing to talk about it because we're not trying to defend where we're at and put our right. feet in it. We're trying to grow. Yeah. And so I think the hard part about it is, is that, you know, where does, where does the line get drawn between these are normal behavioral psychological reactions that you're having because you're a white person that's grown up in a white area. I mean, right. you know, those, those are types of things. I mean, you know, for me, racism has become much deeper in the sense of understanding that, um, you know, when, when, you know, the, maybe this will get us some ratings, you know, let's get a little controversial, right. but you know, people talk about black lives matter and they get very disappointed with that because they're like blue lives matter and white lives matter, all lives matter. And it's like, yes, that's true. But what you don't understand is that you're, you're, you're stealing away or, or watering down or deflecting away from something that's had a lot of history that you're not considering, yeah. right. you know, of, of these blue laws or, or color green, whatever the ones were you had to, you know, certain you, there wasn't hotels you could stay in or, 
or you you different know drinking different drinking fountains the and, the bus, and you like, were considered dirty yeah. because you were black and you couldn't vote because you were considered unintelligent unintelligent speaking yeah. of being intelligent that can't say it <laughs> but you know and so you're not worthy to vote because we don't want your type to to figure out who's going to run you know right. you know all the years you and I come in in the 70s and start growing up in the 80s and not, you know those things aren't things that we're necessarily familiar right. with but there's a lot of history there and yet some of those things through policy and on all that still carry over today. You still hear people make comments about, you know, how lazy black people are. And those those. And you know what's funny? I, I talked to a, a, a black friend of mine who said, you know, what's funny about that? He goes, sometimes we as black folks. Yeah, lazy. Ex ex exactly. Wow. And that's what Ibram Kendi said was that yeah. we've adopted some of these things. It's been it's so pervasive in our culture that it's difficult to determine right. whether it's even racist or not, because right. even all sides believe it. Right. You know. And um, so anyway, it's it's uh, I know that we one of our topics was around diversity of thought and things like that. But yeah, how to grow, but and how to That's, grow. You know. But but that that yeah, that moment that I had a couple weekends ago kind of, you know, shattered my own place of where I was and, and made me rethink things. And, and I need to grow and, more and grow more. But but also just trying to understand where I need to grow yeah. and, and, and I don't want to end up grow. I don't want to end up tearing, beating myself up over something that's a normal human response. You know what I mean? Like a black person coming into a Johnson County white congregation and they're like, we're the only black people here. You know, they're probably used to it because sure. they've had to go through these experiences, unfortunately, where, you know, maybe they feel uncomfortable. So maybe that's a common, yeah. common response, but you know, it's, it's part of the game, right. Is in your own journey is, is trying to understand where you're scoring yourself. What's the litmus test? Where, where are you measuring yourself against? And if it's you, you're measuring yourself against, you're always going to be right. You're never going to be where you need to be because you're going to score yourself high. We can, we, we know that we can do the mental gymnastics to, right. to make sure that we feel great about when oh, we put our head on the pillow at night, <laughs> you know, no matter how we treat a girl or, right. or how, you know, what, how racist I was in the middle of Westport or whether I was, yeah. or, you know, whatever. I mean, we're just, the brain's good at, at that, you know? And so anyway, it was something I've been working through. Well, I think about when people, you know, when people like steal something from work, they go, well, they don't pay me enough anyway. You know? Exactly. Like, or they're not going to miss it's... one pen or, you know, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, stealing is stealing, by the way. Right, right. Doesn't matter. Right, which uh, this is a terrible transition to the other one, but I don't know if you want to, do we want to tee up the, the the weekend conversation a little bit, just in a general sense? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I... Not sure what the segue is here, but but I had told you I, I had dad dad's weekend at KU this weekend, and yeah. and you know as a parent, uh, I'll retrace a little bit and rewind. You know when I was going through my divorce, I've tried to model the way as opposed to you know I I when I was young, I thought you know, the kids were young. I was like, Oh, the kids are a little older, mature, you know, they'll be in the car and you know, they'll be dad, you know, tell me about the, the deep things of life. And, you know, and, and I want you to teach yeah, me. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is, it is nothing like that. They're just like, why are you talking to me about this stuff? You know, I have no interest in it, you know, that yeah. kind of thing, but they certainly probably do, even though, you know, you, they, they say that and, and they also modeling the way is, is big, you know? And so when I was divorced, I, tried to not I, w I never would take a call with the girls if the girl was in, or the kids were in the car from a girl oh. um 
you know, uh, and, and I uh, remember when when Robin and I were dating, and and you'd make your son get on the floor while you and your girlfriend were on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> you speak. You speak about what you was experienced here. You stay in the front seat. Right. No, Daddy's no, the back seat. no. You can you get us home tonight, son? Um, but you know, I was very I was very aware and cognizant of what I was telling my kids, and I was not ready to them to, you know. To, to that that I, dad was bringing someone else into my into the life and you know what I mean all I'm that. Glad you're telling me this because I'm very protective. My kids know. I mean, if they ask me something, sure, I'll, I'll sure tell them. But they are not a part of my dating life, right? And it's and it's and so when they're younger, you know, they're 10, 11, 12, whatever. It's it's a little bit easier, you know. And then yeah. you know, and I'm just and I'm this was more of a conversation from a parent, you know, dad, and so. You know, even when the, you know, music that I might listen to that came on that that had language that was, you know, not up to par from where I wanted right. to be, you like know, I'd, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd be like, let's listen to, you know, something else. And not not that they weren't picking it up. I'm not naive. Sure. I realized that kids listen to things. They're picking up things and all that. It just I didn't want I wanted to have it, it aligned to my moral compass and. And I also thought there's a maturity level uh, that needs to be commensurate with the child itself on some yeah. of these things. You know, when they're younger and I'm dating, did they not think that dad was never going to date? No. But when they're dating and you're out a couple of years out, it's just not something that they need to work through. They're working right. through the divorce and all that, you know, and and the new paradigm. And and the same thing with, you know, language. I wanted them to realize that 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 there was still some things that were wrong. And yeah. I wasn't going to just adopt everything, even though maybe I listened to music that was like that. Right. You know, so. Yeah, I listen to WAP alone, kids. Right, exactly. You. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, fast forward that you 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 have all these moments of, of, of you know, these ten, ten, moments of tension between what do you do here as a parent, you know, type of situation. And, and I think probably, you know, when I was growing up, it was no alcohol, no sex. And, and I'm not naive enough yeah, to think no that porn. no por nothing it was like i've not tried to be a say no i've tried to to give more You're information not a parent no or or a you know helicopter parent where i'm just over them like i'm more trying to find systemic type of issues that i think that that are deeper down that when they are on their own they're like you know i've heard that that porn can kind of fuck with you a little bit and and yeah, this is in it, but maybe I'm doing a, you know, something that just triggers them that this yes. feels good. There's, I'm not bothering anyone else. You know, right. that's what the culture like. And just to help them say, these are the things that I've struggled with, you know, and you, you need to be conscious of these things. I try to give them a little bit more direction in that way and, and be more. Rather than telling them what to do or what right, to think. Which is more a prescriptive type of thing. You're going to do A, B, and C. I try to be a little bit more descriptive, yes. you know, being a little bit broader in, in the direction. And so. Anyway, fast forward to this weekend. I had dad's weekend. My son, you know, is at KU and and, and at oh. the fraternity and and Which fraternity? Can you say Fisa, that? yeah. Fisa, okay. And 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 he was and it, you know, this is my first dad's weekend and of course it's dad's weekend. I know that we're all going to be drinking. Me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could have said these are this is Abram's two dads. Throw him really for a loop. Oh, that would have been funny. Yeah, and so but you know, he texted me and said, you know, are you going to be drinking? And I was like, he's fishing to find out, you know, we're drinking and, and he's one year <laughs> underage still. And, yeah. and, you know, we, we had some drinks together and it was, it was this weird moment where do I know he's in a fraternity? He's drinking. Yes. Right. But it was, you know, and I know that you've, you've dealt with this tension as well, but it was a real, it was a real, another, it was another, I think the reason I brought it up in this conversation, because it was another one of those moments where 
I was taking, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm living my life according to my own moral code and trying to parent within my own system, whether it's right or wrong, but trying to keep between the, the lines here and the ditches yeah. and, and do the right thing. But, and it was one of those things that challenged me that I was like, am I doing the right thing here? You know, uh, you know, you, you brought up the point point. He was like, I'd rather him. I'd, I'd like to see him, how he responds. Is he just throwing him back and he's not being responsible? How does he handle these situations? I wanted to realize that, that no, I'm not just your buddy. I'm still your dad. Yeah. And, but, but we're having a beer here and it's, you know, you're still one year. And it was just an odd situation that I've never had to deal with before. Yeah. And it made me a little uncomfortable. And, and I know that other parents that resonate, that probably resonates with them, but, and this isn't about my specific weekend there or whether you enter, you know, you will, you, you bring someone into your child's life early in the divorce or not. What I'm really teeing up here is just, those moments of tension as a parent where you're trying to navigate a maturity level trajectory or something yeah. that, that you like, if you're having that conversation five years later, of course, I'm going to be buying drinks. We're going to like, let's go down and have old fashions together. Right. But, right. but I'm not, but I'm going to be a little bit reserved now that you're just in a fraternity. You know, I want right. to show responsibility and all that. Yeah. Anyway. No, I, no, I went through that same thing with my kids, you know, as they, started experimenting with different things, mm -hmm. which remind me to tell you something random about my dad that he literally just told me for the very first time okay. recently. Um, yeah. But speaking of which my, 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 uh, drinking, uh, uh, wisdom from my father was, you don't want to drink that beer. It's like sucking on a penny. That's all the only thing I ever heard from him. And I'm like, beer. And, and so of course I was like, I, my, so the whole point of the moral of the story was don't drink because it just tastes bad. Right. But whenever I did drink, I was like, this still tastes like sucking on a penny. Beer's good. You know, I was told about not having sex when I was a teenager. Don't have sex. You know why? Why? You're going to get AIDS. <laughs> well, there's like there's a lot of other things before that that i could contract <laughs> that that might be dad but that's way down here like, on the extreme oh, list shit, i don't want AIDS. right i mean back in the 80s right 80s, yeah like, oh my gosh so that was a deterrent but um yeah no i had a lot of opportunities or to to navigate to those navigate waters those waters of you know the kids are i know they're drinking yeah and i know they're doing this kind of stuff and, you know, I didn't want to be naive and ignore it and act like it didn't exist. And I, and I also am not a military parent. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like I can either. Cause then they would have hit it. Right. I can either, I can either allow them to be open and honest and help them be responsible yes. and mature. Uh, or I can be like, no, and then force them to someone else's house where it's just right. mayhem. Right. And so, yeah, there was, there was an occasion where, uh, Bannon and some of his buddies um, were coming over to the uh, to our house to yeah. play in the basement and stuff back when I was married. Yeah, Tonka Toys. That, yeah, they were that Tonka young. Toys, yeah, um, <laughs> and playing with the Atari. And anyway, yeah. uh, he said, "Hey, Dad, one of the guys has some beer, and he, you know, he was gonna sneak it in because yeah. you know Bannon can't lie, right?" And Bannon was like, "You know, I just wanted to ask you if it was okay if he brought the beer down and if." if we had a couple beers while we were uh -huh. you know watching movies and playing games down in the basement and uh so i you know i called the other parent and just uh -huh. said hey just want to make sure this is right. cool you know like they're here under my roof and right I'm, I'm i'll be here to monitor them and whatever uh, but they all wanted to have a beer while they were watching this yeah. movie i don't have a problem with it but i want to you know yeah okay it through you or whatever 
anyway, they were like, oh yeah, totally fine. You know, it's cool. Uh, which I was glad, right? Cause you know, you never know what kind of parents on the other end, if they're a yeah, military hardcore right, right. kind of parent. Um, well, and, and then too, you gotta, you gotta have that awkward conversation. Then the, then you got a responsibility to go down to the boys and say, listen, you know, my responsibility was to go back to your parent and now they know. And so you're probably going to get your ass handed to you when you get home yeah. because they know that you were <laughs> yeah. wanting to bring it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we always said that, and I remember I told both my kids this, which they're, you know, adults and everything now, but I remember telling them early on, listen, if you ever do something stupid, if you're ever drinking, like, yeah, don't drive, just don't drive. Right. I'm telling you right now, right. You won't be in trouble. There'll right. There'll be no consequences right. outside of what you might've created. But yeah. Like if you call me, yeah. no questions asked, I'll come pick yeah. you up. We'll get your car the next day. It's no problem. The lesson is don't, don't it's broader than that. Right. It's like when you make a mistake, don't try to fix it and get yourself deeper into other issues because you will. Yes. It's yeah. like own up to it and just stop at that point and say, I've got to accept what I did, but right. that's a great example. Well, especially of, think about the, you know, you and I grew up evangelical Christian, which yeah. is, you know, no sex. Yes. No, no, even touching yourself. Don't even fucking think about it. Right. Right. Jesus right. Said, don't even think about it. Right. Cause it's like you did it already. So I remember early on, um, that whole scenario coming up, you know, and so I had to have the talk with the kiddos, you know, I'm like, listen, I know you all are going to be doing the same thing I was doing at your age. Yeah. And wrap that shit up. Like, yeah. Like, you know, right. uh, ideally I would want you to wait until you found someone super special and it was a special yeah. situation, but you know, that's, that's in the late, that's, a, that's probably right. non-existent, right? Like you're going to do this. This is what people do. It's, right. So, so just be, you gotta be responsible. Yeah, just yeah. be responsible because here's the deal. You're, you're a kid in my opinion. Yes. And you're making adult decisions. That's a great way and to say it. You're also, you're a kid. Do you want to be a parent as a child? You want to be a right. parent and realize what the implications of this might be. Right. Like this could saying, literally change your life forever ever. in a big, big yeah. way. And so, it ain't no just free pass. Right. It, it, there are consequences for your decisions and you must know this and live accordingly. <laughs> and so I think. Was that a passage in the Bible that you yeah, just. Probably. Well, it sounded like it. <laughs> and thus saith the Lord, <laughs> no sex until marriage. Yeah. You know what's crazy? That's a whole other topic which we don't need to get into, but there is no scripture that says that. There's just mm. things that allude to it, right? Yeah, that, right. There's things that uh, the church I went to this weekend, <laughs> I remember right off the bat, I was like, should I even be here? Uh, like the opening Oops. scripture that they read was uh. um, avoid, uh, you know, sexual this, avoid immorality. Uh, da, 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 da. I mean, you know, all you're, these things. You're this, just slipping down lift. in your seat lower yeah, and lower. I was like, oh, Ooh. boy. <laughs> But what's funny is, is the people I went with uh, on the way out, I said, oh, my gosh, I said, this is going to be a conversation I want to have with Lance at some point. And maybe we'll just fucking do it right now. What is morality? Meaning, just case in point, right? Mm -hmm. I'm single. Mm -hmm. um, Tee it up. Let's wrap up the other one so we don't lose our listeners in in yeah. our that whole other one and let's get into this one yeah what am i finishing the the just the whole parent thing oh, you know yeah, how do we handle the tensions yeah. so between the two a difference between um i wanted to be a safe place for my kids and i wanted to be able to have open and honest dialogue if i was just throwing down the gauntlet dropping the rules to me that's what creates the hiding culture this is and this goes into the church oh that's world a great too, way to say it but it, it causes yeah people you're right to it does hide yeah if i can't if I can't 
talk to you about drinking or smoking weed or whatever or yeah. having sex or yeah. touching myself. Yeah. Well, think about a homosexual well, that, for all early oh, years. They hide, just had to suppress. Hide, hide, hide. And it's just toxic. Yes. And so you are in. You're destroying yourself. Yes. It is such a toxic. That's why the the church got it wrong. Is getting it wrong for those that still teach that yep. whole purity thing. Yes. It it. It, there's a way to teach it in a much better way. It's not about don't have sex till you're married. Right. God doesn't approve. No, right. fuck that. That's all bullshit. It's about it's about respecting yourself. It's about right. respecting the other person. It's about making adult decisions when you're a child. It to me, it's it's like I love what you said. It's it's about teaching rather than commanding. You right. know, it's like no, I'm not here to tell you exactly what to do, how to think, and how to view the world. Right. Here's some options. Here's some ways to look at this. You know, if you're going to be sexually active, then be smart right. about it. Unless you want a kid, you probably don't want a kid because you're not with anybody. So, right. Like, right. Let's be Realize emotionally that this might be different for you as a male than it is for her as a female. Yes. And and don't don't go stealing something from her oh. that she thinks, you know. Be, oh, I'll tell you what, Lance. Here's one thing that there's many things I'm proud of, of with my kids and just myself even, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a single man, right? Yes. And I live as a single guy. So, but there's one thing that I've, I, my dad must have put this in me, or my parents must have instilled this in me. Uh huh. I don't want to ever take something for some somebody. Right. Like, it's going to be mutual. You want it because you want it. Right. And I want and by, it. And by by take it. something, you mean like you've they manip- get drunk, you've manipulated them. Like, come on, don't you love me? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Right. All the the fucking bullshit right. that I've heard. Um, and so, you know, you see it in movies. Yep. And, you know, when someone's manipulating, that's something that. And I hope to God, I don't think I ever did. Even when I was a teenager, it, I never tried to manipulate. Mm-hmm. I I wanted it to be a mutual. Right. Decision. Right. You know, you want this and you know, you want this. You're not right. like, you I don't need think you to, you're going to keep and me you need to sign this. this to tell yeah, me <laughs> sign, sign right here, but I don't want them to think, Hey, yeah. if you have sex with me, then, then I'm going to like you. That's not going to keep me around necessarily. Like if there's any reason that you're doing it other than you just want to do it, I'm not interested. Yeah. A not. bad way of saying it is, is that you and her are, they, you're on the same terms. Yes. We both understand what this is. Yes. This is, and, and it may be, you wanting to enjoy each other just yep. for the, it may be it, that I'm doing this because I want to make a commitment. I like you a lot. And this yeah. is the next step in there, you know, yeah. but it's, it's, I hate the word terms, but it's. Yeah. Well, what, here's what I don't like. Here's what I don't like is because I'm, I'm in the date coaching world. right? Yeah. What I really, really, really don't like is hearing about, and maybe women do this too, maybe, but it seems like it's mostly guys. What I really like breaks my heart and also makes me extremely angry, like mad is to find out about you know guys that that do they just try to manipulate and or like well i took you out for a nice dinner and spent a hundred dollars right you know don't i get something for that right you fucking piece of shit right don't get a fucking real life you moron (laughs) like what the what are you doing right that's just so childish and so I don't even know. I don't know what that is, but it's well, like, it, be a fucking man. Exactly. It, it just shows how weak of a man the, the person is. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't owe you shit. Exactly. I don't care how much money you spent. You're the dummy that spent the money. You know, you should have <laughs> right. taken my advice and right. gone to coffee. Right. And you wouldn't right. feel obligated. You know, then yes. it would just be let her, let, if you just touch her hand right. and that pays you back. Right. Right. Not yet. Like, I just don't. And when I, the, when I hear stories like that, it, it, 
it it does it makes me angry at men you know I'm like, what is what is up with guys you know and yeah. i mean i'm a guy i mean yeah. i i feel feelings i have things that sure whatever, yeah. you know so i get it you know i've been yeah. turned on to the point where i'm like you know let me have to i'm gonna have to go home and toss right. this off <laughs> right. i'm about to die here <laughs> right you know so i mean i've been frustrated i've had all the same experiences and i you know we've talked about this before yeah and it's just unfortunate that that there are some guys out there that they only think about themselves i guess i don't know what that there's, is there's and there's something deeper going on there obviously with those you know what i mean they have a mommy I mean, issue something <laughs> you know there's there's some sort of you know complex or, or did i something. derail the conversation i'm sorry um i, I don't know yeah well we're that's what we're kids. good at so trying to really help our kids grow and, and yeah i wanted i wanted to teach you know that the, there's there's an ancient text that says train up a child in the way they should go yes which that can be misused but train them up. I mean, and I, everything I'm telling you is the way it should be. That's bullshit. But I think that teaching kids responsibility, yeah. teaching kids to make, you know, healthy choices, you know, think about how, the consequences of this decision. Mm -hmm. That's what I tried to do. I, I've always, you know, one of the things I've said many times is I, I like frameworks because I like taking complex ideas. And when someone can kind of structure them in a way that helps me think about it, but they're complex. So if I don't have some sort of framework or structure to think about them, when I'm faced with that situation, it's hard for me to understand kind of how to navigate it. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, early on, I heard a phrase that, and I've used this is kind of been the anthem to my parenting and that is freedom with responsibility. And whenever I say that phrase, I view this, um, oval, like just drawn on a piece of paper with those words inside it. And, and the domain that I'm trying to manage is the inside of that oval. And, and, you know, with freedom becomes responsibility. And when you can show me that you're being responsible, that, that circle can expand. Yes. But, but when you show me that you're being irresponsible, it's going to contract. Gonna, yes. And, and that's in that, you know, so you get to choose. And, and, and so, you know, I'm in that odd stage now where my children are, you know, Two of them are over eighteen, and and one of them seventeen, and the adulthood, and and there, and and no matter if I'm a military parent or not, I mean, I can fool myself and think that I'm going to have influence over them by my words, and I'm not. They're starting to make their own decisions, you know. Yeah. They they challenge me on on lots of things, you know. But so I'm more, you know, getting where it's like that that uh, oval has got to, domain has got to expand. It's going to expand more whether I like it or not, and. Right. And so, but anyway, you know, it, it's, a, it's just a good little phrase to kind of navigate by freedom with responsibility, because you've got to have that, you've got to check it yourself every once in a while. Am I, am I being responsible? And do I have friends and people in my life that, that can help me, you know, say that, you know, you're a little out of bounds here. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious what you've noticed. I have noticed, and again, I don't think this is just a confirmation bias, but it seems like I've noticed the parents that I knew growing up who were super strict military not all but a lot of those kids went bat fucking shit crazy oh crazy it, okay yeah. i was like guys is it just me noticing this because i just noticed that it was like the more they tried to make them do the right thing the kid rebelled yes and and that was a that was actually a, a one of the influences for me to go, I don't want to be that way. You know, even as a yeah. evangelical. Well, and let's think about why does that happen? Well, you're, you're trying to take an individual that has agency and freedom and constrain them. You're imposing your 
your boundaries on them. And those boundaries are usually so narrow. Sure. And of course that's, that's parenting. I mean, sure. you're, you're going to impose some boundaries sure. on them there because you navigate life through your own moral code. And if right. you do something, you're going to model the way. And when they get outside of that, you're saying, that's not how we do things here at this house, right. you know, but uh, another example would be that, you know, when you kids get older and they bring a girlfriend back home and it's like, do they, they're not married, you know, is, is it okay for brothers and sisters to see that, you know, they're going to sleep in the same room together or should it be known that, that they ought to, you know, that you might do that when you're at college or if you're 25 and living on your own in an apartment and that's right. fine, but you, that's not how we act here. You know, those are all things that you got to navigate as a parent. Yeah. And when you try to narrow that domain of influence down, they're going to rebel because it's, you're, you're imposing you're backing on, them into a corner. You're backing them in a corner. You're not, you're not letting them have their own, like I said, agency and, and autonomy to be able to, to, to go out and live their life. And you're kind of just that, you know, biblically that you're, you're a little bit of that Holy spirit that's coming alongside of them, trying to help them, you know, say, I'm gonna prick your conscience here a little bit. Yeah. Cause you're outside the boundaries a little bit, you know, yeah. of what you've said to me on some things. And so a lot of it is, these are my kids and, and I'm going to raise you up to be, you know, you're gonna have the Strickland mentality, whatever that means, work at it, you know, right. But a lot of it is you got to figure out that that they're their own individuals and you're kind of there just to come alongside and guide them yes. and make sure that they don't run themselves off into the ditch. You know, there's one thing that I try to do as a parent and still try to do. I Rather than telling my kids what not to do, mm. I try to get them That's to think about what they are doing and the decisions they are making. So rather than don't do this and yeah. stop with this. And That's a great way to come about know, it. I like that I a lot. I try to come from more of a yeah. positive perspective yeah. on here's like, you could do that, but let's talk, let's, let's talk yeah. about what would that look like yeah. if you did that? Yeah. You know, and That's how a would great that way you? to think about it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. I think that just comes from, um, part, partly my religious transition, you know, away from yeah. the dogmatic, yep. narrow minded religious view and being more open that way kind of led me to be more open as a, as a parent too. And realizing, like you said, I, I can't make these decisions for them. And the reality is it's like that phrase, you know, uh, it's, it's better to teach a man to fish mm -hmm. uh, so he can feed himself for a lifetime yeah. than to just give him a fish. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I didn't want to just tell him here's what to do. And obviously I didn't make it, I didn't do perfectly with my kids, right? you know, or my ex, like, you know, we were the best that we could be yeah. at the time. Um, but I think both of us, thank God we were on the same page on, on not uh, just demanding certain things and, and just yeah. laying the law, but giving some parameters, you know, there was times they were getting real close to the borderline. Sure. Like, hey, right. And, like you're right. like way yeah. over there. Like, you might become a little bit more prescriptive at that point and say, yeah, yeah I'm going to pull you back here. Yeah. 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 Little, I said you could more... have a, have a, a, a sip of a beer. I didn't say you could do two lines of Coke yeah. on the kitchen <laughs> right. counter. You know, right. It's like there's right. a, there's a balance, which by the way, I, this is something that the listeners will probably get a kick out of. So I ring announced for MMA. Yeah. And, uh, when I was married, I, I still do that. I still ring announce, but when I was married, my, my ex would come with me. And one time, um, uh, because normally the fights would go from like 5 PM, I'd have to leave at 5 PM and, and we wouldn't get home till 1 AM. Okay. It was a long night. So my daughter, I love you, Shaylee. So my daughter, uh, plans a party. Oh no. And she said to us, Hey, I'm going to have a couple friends over mm. like that's ah, fine couple friends right. over be good stay right home. you know one my home safe, right right, right. <laughs> well the fights got done early 
So we come home way early. Like we were supposed to get home at one. We got home around 10, 30 or 11. So it was like way before okay. we were supposed to get home. Lance, 100. Oh my God. Wild and crazy teenagers. How'd you handle it? <laughs> Did you jump dude, out like bad yeah, shit I, crazy? I pulled get it. the fuck. Oh, dude, there were kids in the front yard, the backyard. I mean, there were kids hanging out yeah. of windows. Because I remember like you guys literally... had that, like, basketball goal and stuff in the yeah, backyard. Court. Yeah, the court, court, yeah. court in the back. It was insane, right? So, yes, I came in, and, of course. I can't imagine the neighbors were probably going oh, nuts. Well, here's what's wild. So, you know, you, my listeners, I don't know if you know what I look like. But, you know, I'm heavily tattooed, you know, mm-hmm. a little rough. Right? Way overweight, not very attractive. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, all my, all of Shaylee's friends were scared of me. Not the girls. Oh, right. The girls were oh, cool, yeah. I would talk friendly to the girls, yeah. but the guys. I'm like, I can I see was... you coming in with that little like pocket chain down the oh, side. Yes. You know, like, like, oh, oh I'm going to get my in And they were petrified. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. You know, of course, yeah. I, I was at the time a pastor. So yeah. this tattooed pastor, he's, a, you know, righteous right. He's coming in. Right. So, yeah, I came in. I was not smiling. And and my ex is, can be scary, too. Uh-huh. Like she came in. We were oh. getting people out. Get the out of this house get out of here and like yeah. they were in rooms like my office like oh, oh they, no. yeah they were just everywhere and yeah and shady got money stolen that night i mean right. it was just it was a right. shit show there were right. drugs everywhere right i mean when i say drugs i mean it was marijuana yeah i'm sure there was other yeah. stuff i'm sure but they had there were lance beer cans everywhere in the front yard in the house they'd been partying for a while so my daughter moved the kitchen table out of the kitchen Oh man. She brought up a church six foot table. <laughs> they were playing beer pong. Oh my God. In the kitchen on a church table. Oh. You know what's funny about this story is the two sides of the coin. You know, Shaylee talks about this with pride at her age yes, now. She does. You should have seen the party that I threw. <laughs> I pulled one of the church tables out of. You're talking about the same party. And even though all the facts are the same, yes. it's coming at it from different perspectives. <laughs> she sees so it as a badge of honor. You saw it as a failing parenting. Oh my and, God. Uh, yeah, then, of course, the cops showed up. And that's impressive, though. I will say that. Oh, yeah, I was that, proud of her. Uh, yeah, that was of. that was back before social media time. Oh, I mean, yeah, can you right. imagine they were all connected? I mean, to get that many people together and all that. Woo! Yeah, if social media would have been what it is today. Oh, there would have been twice as many. Yeah. But I asked her, when did she plan this party? She goes, well, I had it in mind. She goes, but I started planning that day. Wow. And through it text. It just blew up. Just through text. Yeah. Party. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hundred kids. That's yeah. crazy. Anyway, um, so that does yeah. lead me to this. This, I think, this would be a good conversation. Is this where you're moving to the? You said about the church. The church, the yeah. yeah. So I was in the church service, and and they were I'm talking dying about. Dying to kind of know what. Can you give me a little bit of what it is, or no? Yeah. What? Where? What church? I went yeah, to? but not the name. You said you felt uncomfortable. Yeah, it was in Leewood. It was large. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, a large Leewood church. Okay. And uh, because I know the pastor, he's, a, he's wonderful. Yeah. And he shouted out my name during his sermon. What? He saw me out there and goes, Well, my friend Timmy Gibson's here. And I was like, I love it. Yeah, which is sweet. And, you know, there's like 30,000 oh, people yeah. that are a part of this. I think thing. you just gave it away. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so uh, great sermon. Great, yeah. great sermon. I was going to say, I love his that he wrote, He's gift. Oh. Dear Lord. I texted him and I said, said his name. And I was like, Yeah. You, you're, I see why the church is yeah. big. You are a real gifted. Which is interesting. You People will hear us talking about it, then they'll go, and they think they're going to get this dynamic Joel. He's not, man. He's so he, – he mentally takes you from one place to the next so clearly 
and lucid that you're just like so you can't argue with it. It's, it's so conversation. It's amazing. It really is. It really, it really is. it's talking about fruits of the spirit. Because so, you and I are much more dynamic in our language. You know, it, he's not like that. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 so. I mean, you come out of there with just like that was one of the best spiritual meals that I've had. Yeah, it takes you on a journey. It was like yeah. you use it incorporated videos and different things, illustrations, yeah. and analogies. It was it was masterful. Yeah, my 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 strength in, in teaching was yeah, I'm very dynamic. Yeah, I can be very loud, and yeah. funny, and right. wild, and right. come down. Right. So yeah, totally different. He's he's a gifted yeah. communicator. He's an orator. He's a gifted. He's an orator. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the that scripture though, I remember it didn't really make me feel uncomfortable. And it was what, something around be, not what uh, yeah, you know the, the celibacy or what? Well, no, it was just uh, the the scripture was, um, and if I if I had time maybe i'll look it up when we go on the break and can read it here in a minute but it was just the one that says you know avoid all sexual immorality yeah right 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 yeah 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 lust yeah yeah and then the the sexual immorality and i just in my mind and then i even thought about morality because i have such a different perspective on it now right not an evangelical christian right well there's morality doesn't it's not some code that's written out for you well that's what you think though yeah exactly you think how do you know morality read the bible right like that's what you think but that's not because a there's a lot of fucking people that don't go to church and don't know anything about the bible really right so are they living by their moral code so what's the moral code so can you have morals outside of Christian faith. Mm, that's and good. The answer is yes. Yeah, we know this. Uh, everybody knows that. But but I really did sit there and thought to myself, what is morality? Yeah, def- Google it. Define yeah, what. I'm, I'm interested to know what the definition. All right. So I I'm, I looked that verse up, Lance. Let me. Okay. Go to, so it's First Corinthians chapter six, um, down to verse uh, eighteen. And, and again, good hermeneutics here would yeah. teach you to to look at you know Context. it's it's right and yeah. it's Corinthians right. So what's going on in right. those right into the Corinthians right. church exactly yeah. you know supposedly who knows what Here's it was like going in real, on yeah. So because I like what you said about being prescriptive, so that it's not so well. It, but but to be you said to yourself you when when he was you started to ask yourself right. am I am being am I being yeah moral yeah. Right? yeah. Which, which I think is great that you were even asking yourself that. Yeah. So this particular one is about sexual immorality. There's a lot of different things in this verse, but First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, flee from sexual immorality, which my question was, what is that? <laughs> right. You know, and it says all other sins a person commits are outside. Which a lot of, the of bias at that point would come up because you, for oh, I was years, 30 years, yeah, I taught this yeah, stuff. Right. Plus, yeah. you know, 40 years right. of being in the church. And think about how much that, what you were teaching in your own mind, you were probably resolved that what you were teaching was right, but it's it had such an influence on the from the Puritans sure. on what that was. You know, sure. sex outside of marriage and and all these other things that, that maybe you couldn't find biblical context to it, but it was interpreted that that was the underlying prescriptive definition yes. of this. And that's, and that's just it. It's, you know, cause your body's the temple and you know, and all right. this stuff. Well, that's an interesting one. It says you for the, what does it say when he said the person who sins against his yes, own flee sexual immorality, all of the, which, what is that? We don't even know. Yeah. We'll talk about it. All of the sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually, which, what is that? What is sinning sexually, right? Sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? There's that verse. Yeah. Who is in you, whom you have received from God. 
you are not. And it'd be own. interesting to know in the Greek when, because it seems like if you're bringing sexual immorality into the body, was the word soma or whatever it was in the Greek, was it the same body that he used then? That it's like, don't you know that your temple, your body is the temple? And it's like, and again, we as knowing that we have this personal relationship with Jesus, think right. that the Holy Spirit actually come in and dwells inside of you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and again, I'm probably we're extending the interpretation here, but I guess I'm I'm interested. Like I would have read that and thought that's that's what he means. Like the, yeah. the spirit comes to live within you. Yeah. You personally. And right. maybe it was more of a collective body and a collective spirit that that he was saying, you know, that as, as a group here, you've got to let this flee. Yeah. But I, the, yeah, the whole, it does seem more individualistic. But did he, did, did, did he expound on it? Not on the sexual part. Okay. He didn't, he didn't talk about that at all. And he just went right into the fruits of the spirit and he taught about ah, you know, goodness okay. and kindness and charity yeah. and all those things, which, which I really resonate with those things. Yeah, right. Right. And, and so for me, when I was reading, I was like, just cause like you said, it doesn't say, uh, you know, don't have sex until you're married. It doesn't say don't have sex till you're 18. Yeah, whatever. Don't have sex until it's the third. You're in a day. committed relationship. Don't have, like there was, right. there was no there was no prescription. No, like yes. here's just flee, flee sexual right. immorality. Right. Like, well, what the fuck is that? Right. So what do you right. think? I mean, I, well, I, I while you were doing that, I looked up just to see what definition of morality was, and it's very broad and ambiguous too. It just it says a particular system of values and principles of conduct, um, especially one held by a specialized person or society. So again, it's going to come back to what group you're in and think about how broad or narrow that could be, depending on you yeah. attending certain. Cause I feel just, I mean, to be very vulnerable here, I feel zero guilt about having sex outside of marriage. Like sure zero get like right. i i and it's not like like zero zero well and think and think about the i mean you know this is just bringing all kinds of dynamics into the conversation but think about the guilt that you would have had at 16 compared to being married for 16 years and having sex throughout that 16 years and then getting out of that marriage and divorced and then having sex outside of with someone that you're not married to I me mean, you've already you've already gone through like the novelty or the sensitive, I'm trying to think of what the sacredness of it is gone. You've, yeah. you've been having sex for 16 years with your wife. Right, you know right. what I mean? Like that's a whole other dynamic, you yes. know, but, but the dynamics of the morality of it ought to not change. You're not married in this when you're 16, you're not married when you're 46, let's say, cause you're divorced at that point right. in between then you were legal. That's a weird dynamic. You that know what is, I mean? That is a weird, that'd be like, that'd be like, you know, when you're 21, you can start drinking, but you know, right at, at 31, you can't exactly. Like, Wait, what? You're like, right. I've been enjoying, right. <laughs> it, doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's, it's just too ambiguous, which, you know, again, then I guess you're right. You've got to go back and figure out what is the code that you're living by and what's that society or group. And I think that's been heavily influenced by religion, out, out Puritans and people outside of scripture. And, and also, and there may have been other reasons that, that navigate, you know, like you said, what's the context? Why was, Paul teaching right. this like and none of was us there like people just sleeping around with all the neighbors and I and, think that's what it was and no yes. I can't imagine that's probably what it was like you right. know what I mean like um yeah the context is incredibly important and yeah. and also I think we we interpret scripture we start going through every word and think all right what are the ones under here under sexual licentiousness what can we put under there okay what about bodily morality okay those are different you know it, yeah. instead of maybe just speaking more generally about 
I don't need to put all ladies out prescriptive for this is more of a descriptive response that if you're doing something, whether it's talking to a girl and manipulating her yeah. to try to, you know what I'm saying? That might be considered sexual morality in Paul's mind. I mean, right. I, again, I'm, I'm taking a lot of liberties here and sure. I realize there's a, there's a, a technical way about going about interpreting scripture. Sure. But I think that when you do that in your hermeneutics and, and all your contextual analysis and everything, you want to talk about bias you have a, a lot of bias that you're bringing into that and you're reading all the commentary and interpreting greek words and everything else based on that bias and right. and to think about it differently is is fresh and healthy i think yeah well and that was really the the whole idea of this particular episode that we were doing about being able to to expand your mind to stretch yourself to you know we've said this before on the show um you know hearing from someone that sees life different yeah. than you, you know, we yeah. had a, we had a Thad, your friend, yeah. on, you know, he's definitely a right winger, yeah. or at least that's what I would, yeah. I would call him a right winger and modern day uh, Patriot. Is yeah, a little, yeah. Right. Right. And he's a good guy. I don't yeah. mean as a slam. Yeah. I just mean, he's definitely yes. way right. Uh, and that's fine. You know, um, you know, you lean a little left. I'm a little bit middle, maybe lean a little left, mm -hmm. right. Depending on what the issue is really. Um, but you can't, what, what I've learned is, is, reinforcing everything that I think I know is not always good. I want an opposing view. Very right? well said. You know, as you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't like the mask and there's certain things that right. whatever, but, but I've got, Oh, I go to, I got over that, you know, talking to you or talking to different people yeah. that are more like, you know, it's just a mask and whatever. Right. And it's like, you know, why am I making this a big deal? Right. More like I got an issue. Something I need to work on me. Like, that, you know, right. why would this bother me? Right. So, and, and talking to, to you myself, on my side, am I, am I making a bigger deal about it? Being so strict about it? Right. We got to go everywhere with a mask. You know what I right. mean? Am right. I, you know, you got to put your mask on when you walk in the restaurant door. And then when you get to your table, you can take off the mask. Yeah. You know, am I going to sit there in a staunch, like, you know, when I'm like, this is dumb. I can right. get COVID walking, you know. I mean, I might have some reasons, but I mean, but, it is dumb, but, but it is, but, but it's it like is, a right. counter position. Like, you know, I'm like, am I trying to hold to a position? And I think, you know, the, one of the in interesting angle of this is we like as humans to associate ourselves with groups yes. and then you get group think, and then you get good, you get good group code, good group morality. That's, that's, that's good for that yeah. group. And then, then you start to interpret things that are even outside that group inside the group's code. And you're like, you know, a lot of my friends in the group, they don't like to wear masks. And so I'm, you know, like just mask are dumb. So you kind of take on that identity. So again, that identity and group think is very important in this conversation. I heard it on a, on a podcast. I forget who it was. I don't remember who it was. It was one of the podcasts I listened to and, and they said something that I literally was like I've already said that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Lance and I've covered this, but it was it was he was talking about political stuff, and he was talking about he said he goes I really feel like uh, the Republicans and the Democrats have become cults, sure, you know, or come gangs, yeah, you know. And if you're a Democrat, that means you believe every thing yeah. the Democrats say they believe, whether you do or not, doesn't matter. You're against guns. Why? You're a Democrat, right? I'm not whatever, whatever. right? That up. Yeah, but it's the same thing. Or if you're a yeah. Republican, you are for yeah. guns. If you're if you're a Calvinist. Or you're an Arminian in, in, right. in theology, right. or you're a Pado Baptist. You ba you know baptize babies. That I mean, it's all about just let it's me slot you into a a, a group, and yes. then you're going to be tagged like that. That group thing is an interesting concept because it's true, right? As an evangelical, at least the evangelical group I was a part of, we were I think it's called a literalist, meaning everything in the Bible is literally Liter yes. true, right? Yeah, and which caused because of the group think 
you can't go out. You can't go. Ah, I don't know if yeah. Noah was actually. So yeah, or Balaam's donkey up. didn't really talk. Yeah, no, really let's t- let's no, figure out a scientific way that he could have. And you start doing the gymnastic yes. backflips and the crazy stuff, and it and and even you know, I would think, I would hope that even people that believe that would have to have some logical, rational part of their brain going, you know, maybe. Right. You know, and it just shocks me when people just, nope, that, I believe, that, bump, nope, I'm not going to discuss it with you. Right. It's the word of God. It's not true. Rah, rah, right. rah, 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 rah. You're like, oh my God, can't we just have a it, rational it, it, conversation? It's interesting you're saying this because I'm, I'm kind of uh, feeling a little convicted myself over here because Michelle and I are watching uh, Squid Games on Netflix, you know. <laughs> I have so- not, my son keeps telling me to watch it. And so it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. That's I mean, I've heard. yeah. That's and and little... so last night, Michelle and I were watching it and, and in my 17 year old, he came down, he was eating dinner and, and he's 17. He's already seen it. He's already seen it, of course. And, um, and, and then her son comes down, he's 12. And I was like, you know, this isn't appropriate. And, and then, and, you know, and, and, and not to go back again to the conversational parenting, but, but, you know, Michelle said, and I said, this isn't inappropriate. And she said, there's a lot that's under the surface. You know, there's about equality. She started naming off this stuff, you know, that I was like much deeper than I had thought yeah, about it. The threads running through the show. Yeah. You know, and, and, and she's like, yeah, at the onset, I can't remember where I was going with that a little bit, but it was, but it was just that, that I, you know, it, you, you don't want to get yourself into a position where you're not tethered to something anymore. Yeah. You can, you can you know, you and I've probably struggled with this a little bit. It's like you, you can go one way and it's like, then you hear something though, that's very plausible from someone else. And it's like, okay, that sounds right. It's like difficult at that point. You're just being tossed to and fro from the wind and you can't live like that. You've got to have some code that you navigate by that you're tethered to that you literally are like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking of the, the astronaut in space. They're tethered when they get out and do their spacewalks to, to the space station. But the moment that cords cut, you're gone. Yeah. You're floating around out there with nothing. So you got to stay tethered to something. I like that. And it's hard to kind of navigate life sometimes because you're all over the place. But, but you know, again, so, but it's, 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 it's maybe refining some of your positions. You know, it's, it's maybe seeing squid games more as art or something right. than, and deeper than me just seeing these guys getting their, you know, heads shot through with, you know, 40 caliber pistols, you know, right. whatever. And it's like, and, you know, again, whether that's, mature enough the theme that the 12 year old be watching that that's right. i'll still defend my right. position on that but it's just seeing things a little bit differently maybe than you've you know that you like this is gory blood it's out it right. just you know putting in some sort of just strict code well it's like when my sons he was an early adopter on the games loved playing the games. yeah and he got grand theft video auto. games yeah yeah grand theft auto oh right i was like i i i struggle with it yeah especially when i walked in his room and i'm like are you at a strip club? Yeah. You could go to a strip club in this game? Yeah. Like, what is happening? Give me that controller, you know? Right. <laughs> Let's get a lap dance from that girl. No, I'm teasing. But, you know, yeah, yeah. There's, there, there, it's a conflict. It's almost like if he's doing it and I'm not there, even though I know he's doing it, there's some, for whatever reason, I'm more okay with that. I know this might seem a little crazy, especially, I'm not talking about my past. Yeah. I remember I'd be like. Well, you don't feel uh, responsible for it because you don't know it. Right. It's happening. It's like, you know what? Oh, my God. I don't even want to see you playing that game because I, I was just, it was almost like I was, and may- I was comparable or I was, yeah. Yeah, you I was co- in there watching it, being entertained with it too. Maybe that's what I like felt over the weekend. Yeah. Maybe that's what I felt over the weekend with, with, with my son up at KU. It's like, 
Yes, I, I know. I know he's doing this other times, but now that I'm, it's like I'm approving of it because I'm here with you. Yeah, it's a weird. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point. It's a weird dynamic. Yeah, it's like I'll send my kids out to go steal something, but I'm not going to be with them when they. No. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the church thing. So a couple things. One, there's two things I want to say here that I think will be fun to talk about. One, I've had people say, "Well, why did you go to church?" You know, and I said, "Well, here's what's weird. This is what's weird about it." I was moved. Mm-hmm. Now, not moved in the sense of like, I'm backslidden. I need to go back. To right. Jesus. It wasn't any of that. Yeah. But you were taking I, stock of your yeah, own I life. Was, I was. Yeah, I was. The the what he taught was good. Yep. It was. Uh, there was no like I was fine with it. Like, yeah. I'm like, because I'm a moral guy. Right? Yeah. It's according to what I think is morality. I have morals. I have, you know, I don't think it's good to lie or cheat or steal all right. that stuff. Right. So. I, so the message was really, really good. Um, and it was wild because there was a couple parts that I was just like, Oh brother, you know, a couple of the yeah. Jesus parts and yeah. something about, well, we, you know, something, a, a real definitive statement was made. Like you can't have peace without Jesus, something like that. Sure. And I remember thinking, that's not true, but right. okay, I get it. We're in a church. You got to say that. But then there's a couple <laughs> of things and there's a, there's a big, there's a really cool stained glass window and <laughs> There's Jesus, you know, the we've, we've given every clue to this place except the name. <laughs> it's funny, you know, I look like Jesus right, right. now. <laughs> right, everyone's looking look, at you. Look at me. Look, look at the stained glass window. And, <laughs> and so I, I remember, you know, it was like stretch out your hands and all this stuff, you know, which I did. And, and I felt moved, but it wasn't like I felt like moved by the Holy Spirit or moved. Right. You were having by, a spiritual experience, but it wasn't like the one that gets taught in evangelical right Uh, it was just weird it's it's weird that i can believe in the message of jesus without believing Mm. in the in jesus like they do like yeah to accept him and you must believe like no i don't believe that anymore right uh i do love jesus i love the message of Mm -hmm. jesus whether Mm -hmm. he i believe he existed Mm -hmm. but whether he did or not is immaterial to me right at this point right um you know was he god you know probably not but Whatever, you, you maybe know, he was. You know, I, know. I wonder what the difference is here. I wonder if you're believing in the message as more of a applicable application or making it more functional to your life. They're believing in Jesus because they see it as a pathway to the next step to to salvation. Oh yeah, you, it, it's yeah. that's because I'm like you're both sitting there having the same experience with the teaching, yeah. but you're thinking about it differently. And you would have thirty, both of us would have thirty years ago. But we're looking. They're sitting there. They're not looking at taking stock. Like, okay, I'm I'm a single guy. Am I, you know, what is moral and what am I doing wrong? You would have thirty years ago. You'd been looking, reading oh. that same patches, thinking, okay, if I don't do this, that means I've sinned, and sin means I don't get into. You know, I'm I'm right. violating my salvation contractual terms here. You yeah. see it differently from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't view it like that at all. No, exactly. But as you were talking, I was thinking, how? what's the difference between the two people hearing that message? Well, it's just wild that I could sit there and really, I thoroughly enjoyed the message. Yes. Like, I enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed the worship, even though, like, I was singing and all that stuff. And, of course, you know, in my mind, I'm like, that's not true. Like, that that, that whole line we just said right there, that's not even accurate. But whatever. (laughs) That's fine. Like, but I still was able to enjoy the the atmosphere i mean everybody right. was super friendly they yeah. were nice i mean again positive message yep. affirming it was great i just walked away not wondering i didn't actually wonder like am i living sexually pure or what because i know what i would have thought years ago and what i think now but it did raise the question in my mind 
what is morality? Well, it sounds to me what like what is moral? It and was where sound, do we get our morals? It sounds to me like you were kind of measuring that up against your own morality. Yeah. Like you were asking, it was like you were having two two conversations. Like you were, it was like you were stepping outside of your own body at that point, saying, "Am I living a moral, sexual moral code?" And at that point, you weren't trying to adopt what the church taught. It was right. more like what Timmy believes at this point. And well, okay, that's a that's neat. So, I did ask that question, and I was wondering that in my own mind. And for me, and you know, an evangelical Christian could have an issue with what I'm going to say right now, but I did. I, I checked myself and thought, "Am I living?" moral you know sexually moral and yeah. way moral and as i sat there i was like yeah i am i'm living moral and and maybe moral you know, to the you know uh what i think is you know right and wrong per se or is there a way uh, for you to define to define that at a broad scale more descriptive and i mean i'm not asking you to, to sure, give sure, details sure. but when you said i'm you know you felt good about where you're living how would and, and let's Let's say Vanden asked you that. Then, Dad, okay, that that's interesting. I'm going through this. Help me with my own right. code. What would you say Ooh. to him? So I would say that for me, part of morality is you know mutually, either a mutually beneficial or you know this is something you want as an adult, I want as right. an adult, and we decided together to do this activity, whatever right. it might be. And so that to me is moral. But I had a, a situation. This was actually months ago. Um, a girl that I went out with, uh, she got drunk. And I didn't because I just don't drink a lot. Mm -hmm. So I had one glass of wine and she had way too many. Well, she didn't come into my apartment. She stayed the night and I, uh, I would have put her in my bedroom, but she was sick. So I was like, I don't want you throwing <laughs> her in right. my bed. So I put her on my couch, you know, covered her up, took care of her, all mm -hmm. that stuff. And she woke up in the morning and she was vaguely, you know, like whatever and she goes, she goes, I'm still dressed and all that. She goes, you know, thank you so much for taking care of me and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And I was like, absolutely i go right. listen I, that's i'm not that kind of guy that would be in my code that yeah. would be immoral yeah that's a good point like, yeah there, there's no way yeah, you're inebriated and not in a mental state that you'd be making a decision that you'd be willing to right. live by the next morning this ain't gonna happen no nope. yep I, yeah. yeah i've even had dates where i've gone on dates where they say i don't have sex on the first date and i say well that's fine that's right no problem and then you end up having and, sex <laughs> well, well i mean i have had that happen yeah, yeah. but i had that happen one time where she said that and then she got she drank a little bit too much. She wasn't drunk, oh, but she got right. to where she was feeling frisky. And yeah. She was walking. She was ready to, to change her. She was changing her mode. Yeah. And I and I told her, I said, no. Yeah. No, you told me. You established the code up front. I did. I said, listen, you established the code. I'm going to honor like that. your yeah. code yeah. and respect your wishes. Yeah. Um, I know that you think you've changed your mind, but that's you know I'm looking at that as alcohol. Right. So we can <laughs> right. talk about this tomorrow. Yeah. You know. And the, Right. How you feel then we can reconvene right right but, but for me that's where my moral code yeah. is and and i've graduated you know i was pretty wild my first year out of my marriage you know yeah. i was up for anything literally and then now it's like no i want to i want to care about someone and and like them i don't mm -hmm. have to be engaged or you know be yeah exclusive or monogamous per se but but for me it's like nah i'm not gonna just no like it, it comes back to what i was saying earlier and i i think there's something here some others could probably articulate it much better than I, but that to me is what you're describing is when you read Paul's letters, we as Christians had, everyone was looking at themselves. They look, everyone's taking inventory of their own Mexico code, but the code seems to be different. It seems to be, am I, am I, am I sinning against this girl because she's drunk and I can take advantage of it? Or am I sinning against God? 
two people in the exact same situation, neither one has sex with the girl, but one of you has doesn't have sex because they don't want to upset God. The other one has sex because they don't want to upset the human that's laying there. And and and, and Christians don't, I think, focus way too much on the God side of it. Right. Not that that's bad, yeah. right. but they, no, they God that doesn't exist. But they don't even no. think they don't even think about the fact of harm they've they brought to this other human that, and they've invaded that they've taken, you know what I mean? Like that's not even in their thought process. I love that. They're not going home and confessing to God that they manipulated this person. They took advantage of them. They knew that there was terms that they had that were different. And this act happened. No, their confession is one thing. God, you told me not to do this and I did and I was wrong and I want you to forgive me. Right. Has nothing to do with the other individual at all. See, you know where I've switched? This I never thought of this till right now, Lance. Where I've switched is I lean towards the what was what was honoring to her. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but it's like, well, whatever. Whatever God Right. Thinks. I mean, whatever. You that, didn't you didn't offend I, I him didn't, in that moment. I, you I, would have been offending her. Absolutely. And you could even make that spiritual. If that if you want to call her him his creation. Then you, you you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a way for you to bring it down. But we've lost, at least for me, the way I grew up, the code that I was living by got lost. It was a code for me to make sure that I wasn't in bad standing with God. Right. Not necessarily bad standing with the human that I was interacting with on a daily basis. Well, I think this is so when we talk about morality, this is all coming clear to me at this moment. This is a good conversation. So for me, how I view things is what, you know, what is good for Lance? And how right. can I, like, if I do this, is that going to hurt Lance in some way? If I was to like gossip about you, or right, something, right, which I don't gossip, I hate gossip. I just hate it. I think being in the evangelical church for 30 years, you learn to hate that. <laughs> right. So I had a lot of people gossip about me, I'm sure. But and so I, I value the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right. right? I, I don't gossip about people because I don't want people right. to gossip about me. Right. And, and there's certain things I've had people you know, say bad things about me. I had someone write a whole bad blog about me. This was years ago. And I, I didn't then blog about them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mother. Right. I'm not that kind of person. Right. I'm, I'm just not, right. I'm just not that kind of guy. Right. And it's, there's a lot of re a lot of reasons I'm like that, but you brought up something. I've never really thought about it for me. It's about, I'm always trying to think about, yeah, of course, what's good for me. Of course I'm selfish in sure. so many ways, but also I'm like, if I do this, is am I cheating them? Mm. In other words, I only want this if it's a win-win. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to cheat anyone so that I can get what I want. If if you want it and I want it and it's good for both of us, or if you just feel like it's like you want to do that, like that's the only that's where my moral code is. Yeah. So obviously, I don't want to lie to anybody. I don't want to cheat. Well, one thing about you too is you you have a lot of people that you when you bring someone into your life they stick around for a long time. You may yeah. not talk to them every day. It may be a week, but you touch base with someone after you haven't heard from them in a month. And, yeah. and you don't, you don't get to build those types of relationships for people you manipulate and, right. and fuck over right. because they're not going to want to answer your text, but that's important to you. Yeah. And so the, the actions that you take on a daily basis is, am I going to be able to text this person in a lengthy period of time without talking to them and they'll respond? Yes. You know, that I mean, I'm summarizing in ways sure. that's putting words in your mouth, but but I know that that's important to you because I've seen how you live. Yeah. What when you think about morality, what what comes to your mind? I mean, I, you you mentioned this earlier. You and I, you know, come from this Christian world. Yeah. 
and you know, it's in, I'll never get away from it. Totally. No, I mean, it's, it, it was it's a part of my yes. still ingrained. I just yeah. don't think I it's a part of our fabric. Yeah. yeah. Even when we talk, I mean, you know, scripture comes to mind. Exactly. Oh yeah. The Bible says yeah. this Lance and right. it, it just, which is it, good. I'm glad I still want that. Me too. Yeah. I, I, like I st- yeah. Um, I think mine, mine, you know, back in the day, it would have been the, the, the puritanical, ver- you know, interpretation of this. Um, I've definitely moved more toward, you know, Bill brought this up in the, in the Buddhist culture, you know, of, you know, not doing harm to your fellow human and all those types of things. That's important to me now more than, than the other. And, and, and I think that I wish that I looked back and wouldn't have made some of the mistakes that I did or would have thought about situations differently than, you know, that if I would have had that in mind, but you know, Mike, Mike, I think the thing that it's, I have a code, but it's heavily influenced by, Judeo-Christianity. Judeo-Christianity and my own experience in the world and experiences that I've had and and those types of things and the way that I want to treat people and what I think it's like to be a human and all those things. You know what I mean? And and, Would you say you, and it's always evolving because, yeah. you know, it's just like, you know, whether it's a sexual thing, that's one thing. But but it, my sexual my, I certainly had a sexual conscience that was different whenever I was pre-marriage as post-marriage. Sure. Not that I thought about you know there I, I was not a one night stand type of person because that's just not the that's not who I am as a person right. you know what I mean type right. of thing and um so it, it's an evolving type of code but the thing the thing that's interesting is kind of how does that code develop and evolve over time because there is a code that you're tethered to yeah because people don't I I will say this there's a few moments one moment in particular that that I that happened and I felt like shit after it because I was like, I took, I, you know, mani- manipulated that one situation. Yeah. And I apologized afterwards to it, but I, I felt dirty and I knew that I had violated my code. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen because even though maybe the situation in other times where I, I did something and I thought maybe I was, making a deposit in the relationship for a little bit longer term or something. Yes. And it just fizzled that I was like, well, did I make, did I feel bad? Cause I did that. No, but this one time that I did, I was like, that was just wrong of me. Yeah. This person's sweet, innocent. I would just, I, I should yeah. have never done that. And, and that's when you, your conscience gets pricked and you got to think I got outside of the boundaries of my code. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like when you are making decisions, are you consciously aware of your mansion in heaven? Is that no. even- no, me either. No, that, zero. Yeah. So you're not thinking about eternal flames of hell or the crowns, uh, no. the jewels in your crown. To me, that's just sin management. You're, you're trying to manage your sin to, you know, to where you don't get, get outside of you getting your inheritance. You know, the, the one thing that I noticed, especially about the real rigid kind of Christians, mm-hmm. they're human. They're like everybody else. It's, it's like, it's, I guess this is why the church is labeled hypocritical so much. It's, you know, they preach these, you know, the, the pastor that preaches about sexual immorality mm-hmm. and then you find out he's sleeping with the secretary, right? You know, right. which is not his wife, right? you know, or the, he's, he's preaching against, uh, yeah. money, love of money. And you find out he's been embezzling yeah. money from, right. it's, it's just, it, it, it I, I met with, I was talking aside lunch, uh, lunch with someone today. And, uh, this person used to be, uh, in another state on, on staff at a church and they were telling me about different shenanigans that, that went on okay. like, in the church, you know, like 
the the affairs that were going on in the worship team and with some of the pat like there was just like crazy stuff going on it was like a church down in texas and just some really wild stuff and what disappointed this person so much was just how they tried to cover it up you know so i, I think when i look at i say that phrase a lot i need to work on that i, need, I always listen to my podcast afterwards and I'm, i nitpick all the things i say the and um that was and, one of the things that ferris brought up in that that uh yes. that episode was go back and you know think of all the everyone i listen to everyone you and i do everyone because i do critically listen to myself filler anyway, words the, the what's your filler word what do you, what was it what did you just say well, you, i think i think i say i think i lot. think oh yeah which well, is probably good i do think you I think guess. therefore you <laughs> are i mean isn't that descartes <laughs> or someone like that yeah uh but that's the thing that gets church in trouble is the hypocrisy. I, I think we did, there we go again, that there's something so wrong with hiding and not offering a safe place to talk about real issues in a real open environment, you know, much like you and I talk mm -hmm. and going back to the original topic that we're talking about is just, is you can get so lost in a perspective and an idea and people think, no, I'm just reading the Bible like it is. Like, right? No, you're not. You're right. just not. You're reading it with your Baptist upbringing right. or your Catholic upbringing or your whatever upbringing. Yeah, you are. And to say you're just reading it black and white, you're not. Well, I remember when I was young, just thinking like, like you know, like I couldn't believe that. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that Catholics would could drink and still you know, be considered even remotely like, like what's the connect or, or Presbyterians or something, you know, like even ones that were inside the evangelical faith, you know, I'm like, so why are we so against alcohol and they're not? And yet we all, you know what I mean? Like, yes. because and that comes back to what you're saying, like you just, you've adopted a very strict and narrow view of the code. Yes. And, and there's going to be other people. They always say there's going to be a surprise when we get to heaven. You know, there's gonna be a lot of people you never thought was going to be there. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the truth. That is the truth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there'll be Muslims and Buddhists right. and everybody else there too, motherfucker. Right. Yeah, it's it, it's like that analogy I gave in one of the episodes because you've made me the the also the king of analogies now, <laughs> which does help bring things to clarity. Yes, but it's we it's all like, think in metaphor. Yeah, like it's like I jump into that picture. You know, yeah, the picture yes. on the wall. It's yeah. like I jump into that world, and then you that you adopt all of that. It's yes. like a group think you adopt your surroundings, and so yes. you're in a church that teaches no drinking, no chewing. Uh, no going, right. and know. that's their identity, right? So you then adopt that code because you, you want, want you, you want to fit in. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's why I say, you know, part of my move away from where I was in, in Christianity and in evangelicalism was a lot of just understanding the psychological effects that the brain does with that wanting to be a part of a tribe and adopting certain things. And then, but then you've really got something. If you can have people adopt your code and then make it outside the group. This isn't about us. This is about God's code. Yeah. Well, then you've got something higher up now. There's no arguing with that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's one thing if it's our code because if we as a group on the on the the uh, what's the the larger group the the majority. Yeah. <laughs> if the majority wants to change the code, then we can. We'll all start living by that. Right. But when it has God to do with it, and it's our interpretation of it. That changes all right. the ball game at that point. Right. And and so it takes it outside of ourselves and it's a different, it's just, it, I've, I've just realized that our brains do these types of things. And I feel like it allows me to have a better general understanding and live better life by a broader code in some sense that you would have never have looked back in that, that scripture that we just read in Corinthians and, 
and wanted to think about it differently and think, yeah. I want to understand what he means here because I want to live differently. You would have been looking at that thinking, I want to understand, but please write it out and as a list so I know what things to not step in. What poo do I want to not right. step in? And I'll make sure so that and if I do, then I'll ask for sin. That's prescriptive. You know right. what I mean? You right. never would have been thinking about it broadly like, okay, well, when I well, Friday night, when I it's like me with the racism earlier. Yeah. You know, as long as I'm, as long as I don't feel that I'm that I hate black people, then I'm not well, a racist. I don't lynch a black person, right. I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. But but now I'm thinking even deeper. You know what I mean? And that's just broadening that area. And, and it's like I think a lot of times we get too narrow with our interpretation. And and what helps with that, right? Is is to kind of wrap all this up is that is is broader perspectives. If you stay, if you only get advice and wisdom from those that are inside the group, you're going to think like them. There is. I heard an author, because um, I'm working on my book, by the way. Oh, right. Memoir. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about yeah, that. I'll show you a little bit of it online. Uh, or on the. You better I'm make post. me a proofreader. Yeah, I will. Okay. No, I will. Matter of fact, I, I'll probably send you the first two chapters okay. of this thing. But I was listening to this this uh, video on writing and how to do it. And it was Steven Spielberg and different people, just famous writers that like giving tips and stuff. And I, I was thinking to myself, because they said in the video, uh, Writers are readers. Yes. You know, leaders are readers. Right. We're just talking about reading, right. the importance of reading to expand your mind, your yep. views, and all that. And they were basically just saying that if if you want to expand your perspective or get a different perspective, then read a book. Like mm -hmm. if you read a book on racism, yeah, you know, written yeah. by someone who's black, yeah. and find out what that was like as much right. as you can. Right. Or if you know, if you're a Republican, watch CNN. And and just see what are they saying, right? Yeah. Or, you know, like yeah. and it doesn't like, mean that you are going. To, you have to adopt what they're saying, and I think right. that's what a lot of people think. You know, it's back to well, I don't want to poison my mind, Lance. Right. It goes back to me as you and I were talking about the parenting thing. That if I'm there and doing it, it makes me feel like I've weakened my standards, and I'm allowing them to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm condoning. This. I'm condoning this. Yeah. And that doesn't have to be true. No, it doesn't. I I know it's been the best learning experience for me to read books that aren't Christian books, right? Right. Like read, read other books on other religions yeah. or other perspectives or read a book by a Democrat or read yeah. a book by a Republican yes. or read a book that, you know, if you're, if you're a creationist, fine, read a right. book on evolution. Yeah. And if you're an evolutionist, then read a book on yeah. creation, see what these people think. Yeah. You know? And don't read it with the mindset that, oh, I'm going to read this so I can maybe adopt it. Read it so that maybe you're thinking, I'm going to read a book on evolution that'll help inform my view of what I believe in on creationism. I mean, think, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the, no one's saying that you've got to cut the cord and float off into space. Right. You get to stay tethered to creationism if that's what you want. Yeah. But it doesn't mean have the confidence and 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 the emotional security enough that you're going to still stay tethered. Yeah. And if you're not, then that proves that what you believed in isn't true in the first place. That people being scared of the alternate. Yeah. I'll start suspicious. believing that. It's like, okay, well, that's a maybe good, that's probably what should happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a I think this is an interesting topic, especially when we look at the at least from my perspective, just the world right now is so, at least the, some of the podcasts and stuff I'm listening to, I'm 
hearing this a lot. Yeah. yeah maybe it's, oh, maybe no, it's biased, you're, no, right? You're, no, you're but right. It's just like so divided, right? We have yeah. the maskers and the non-maskers, the vaccinated, the non-maskers, yeah. and then the, the Republicans yeah. and the Democrats and the religious. I wouldn't even say da-da-da. divided is more compartmentalized. Yeah. Meaning like we are divided, but we're compartmentalized. We're, we only listen to views that are yeah. people within our own echo chambers. Yes. Have you heard recently? I watched a video on this. I watch a lot of videos, Lance, but there was a video about, are we, it was the question, are we headed to civil war? Uh huh. And they were just, they were really doing an open yeah. dialogue panel discussion on where is America? Yeah. You know, where are we going? What is happening? And you know, the whole divide and conquer a lot of the memes and the things mm-hmm. that are creating a lot of the division is coming from foreign entities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is this a big, and I don't think this is a conspiracy theory, but it's like, you know, is there a, a, a plan is this there's an agenda here yeah. you know that we're they're trying to divide us they're they're of trying course. you know yeah. the january 6th yeah. thing at the capitol being right. like what the right. heck's going on right yeah something's gotten out of control there right right so I, here's my encouragement to those listening and then lance you close it out for in me, prayer it, yes please <laughs> uh, the, the my closing comment would be this uh live and this is a little bit of a steve janky line but Live as though everything you think you believe could be wrong. Like Mm. I have an awareness that like, even when I talk about Jesus, was Jesus God? You know, I don't think so. I really just don't at this point in my life. Right. But maybe like, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know. No. Right. Either way. But it just, if you get there and it's like, you see it, you're going to believe at that moment. You're like, yeah, then this is what I was looking for. Right. Yeah. This is great. So I, it's just like, you know, Democrats are evil is how I was raised. Right. No, they're not. You're my friend. You're right. a Democrat. You're right. a lovely guy. So right. clearly that's not true. Right. Right. You can't have a good marriage unless God's in it. Like, that's <laughs> not true. I know atheists right. have great marriages. So, right. like, that's not a true statement. Yes. And so I'm done with these quippy, quip little phrases of, you know, if you want a good life and right. you want peace in your life, Jesus gives you peace. Really? Like, that's the only way right. to get peace in your life is right. to confess Jesus and be baptized. Right. That's not a bad thing. Get, no. Love Jesus. Right. Get baptized. That's right. great. That's a way. That's a way. Yeah. Is, is it the way? I don't think so. No. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, uh, you were saying it, it, it's interesting how when you're younger, and I think this is important, you have a much tighter view on some of these things. You know, when I was in in Lawrence with my son over the weekend, you know, I said, oh, Michelle wants to move back up here. And he's like, he's like, I don't think I could live up here. You know, he's like, I like being on campus and stuff, but I don't like the town and everything, which I love. And, and a lot of people love going back to oh, Lawrence. Lawrence yeah. yeah. And and he said, and I said, well, why? And he's like, this is just they're just kind of too liberal. And again, that's that's going to be a 20 year old's response because right. he's trying to live by a conservative, narrow code right now. And the reason that he's doing that, and I don't think that's bad. You and I've said we appreciate our upbringing. Sure. And and we you, you if you don't start out narrow, it's going to get broader as you grow and yes. you get older, because what you were saying is you have more experiences in life that you realize that you were taught that to have a good marriage, you need to be Christian. But yet you, as you grow in life, you start to have friends that are atheists and you don't get all those experiences when you're younger. So you're going to have a narrow view. The challenge that I have is, is trying to, you know, encourage my kids to to keep the course, but, but let them know that 
life's going to change yeah. for you and, and the funnel's going to get broader yeah. and it ain't going to be as narrow as you think it is, you know, and it's the tension because I don't want to steal that away from them at this point right. because I do know that at some point they are going to have a broader view because they're going to have more life experience. Yeah. And, and I said this on the last podcast, I think, you know, when I was coming back from the lake with my daughter a few last month over Labor Day, you know, I said to her, you know, I, I said, I, I think, every, you know, there's a hundred percent of what I believe is there. I said, I believe 20% of what it is that's wrong. But I said, I don't know what that 20% is. And she just, she couldn't understand that. Like how do I mean, I'm like, exactly. Because I said, I believe that it's true right now. Right. But as you go through life, you see new data comes in or experiences. And that's when you have to think, well, I was wrong about this. That doesn't mean everything you're wrong about. Sure. And it, some things you're wrong about now you get right something else later, you know, right. it's not the same category and it's just an evolving, you know, situation always of evolving always and evolving and new and you ought to be going for those experiences and and realize that you do need to stay tethered you're not just going to be a wisp away in the wind no matter what direction it goes but you're those are just you having conversations with an atheist or watching cnn or watching fox or having a conversation having a buddy that's a republican and you're a democrat whatever it's just ways for you to refine your own position more and realize that 20 percent of what you believe is wrong and you're and you're always looking to figure out what that 20 percent is because you desire truth yeah, evidence is what always stood in the face of my beliefs, actually. You know, the more evidence than things that I experience, like you said, experience is evidence or uh, archaeological evidence or whatever, the ev science evidence. Uh -huh. You know, it's like, oh, I believe the earth was flat. Not really, but I believe the earth was flat. Well, then when I saw the video, <laughs> right, <laughs> like I couldn't believe that anymore. Right. right? I took the evidence was like, well, I, I guess I was wrong. Right. And unfortunately, what, what and you that's and hard about, because that comes back to that group thing. Right. That some people just double down. They double down because right? they they are with their whole right. the videos a lie. Right. It's not true. And like, if I don't believe this, I've just lost all my friends. You've lost your group, your group. And man, I'll tell you what, I think a lot of people stay in groups for that reason. Oh, absolutely. Like I here's what I do know, because I was a pastor. So are you. I mean, I had a, yeah. 300 people in my church, Well, 250, whatever. In the church, I want to be accurate. Two two sixty. I don't lie anymore, Lance. Two sixty three, but but three but three four thirteen on Easter's. So if you take the average, depending on how many years, I want to be according to the Evangelical Financial Code Associate. Right. I you know, in that in the church that I pastored when I was a pastor, it's weird. I'm not a pastor anymore, and I and I put this in my book. It's not that I retired. I'd like to be able to say that, but I didn't retire. I walked away. Big difference. Walking away and retiring. Anyway. But in the church that I had of 250 people, I don't know they all didn't believe the same. No. Like, uh, they, there's some of them that were, you know, right. believed that no, there was hell didn't exist. Right. But they liked the generic message. They liked the yeah. jokes. They liked whatever they liked, the music, their kid. They wanted their kids there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when the church thinks that, you know, they're getting everybody to believe the same thing, a group thing, the reality is they don't all no. believe the same thing. Right. You know, We all interpret what we hear through our own I've just been vocal about it right exactly that's, I think that I think that's one of the differences between you and I is you and I still have a lot of our core beliefs we really get down yeah we have certain beliefs that we still have but you and I are willing to go yeah well uh, and 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 some of the beliefs might be there but the motivation behind them like I was saying might have changed yes we we still believe that you ought to not go out and sleep licentiously with everything that just walks and pays attention to you right because you ought to have a code is that what Paul meant by sinning against your own body? Right. I don't know. Right. But Ooh, that's good. But 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 I would have thought about it. My motivation back then would have been I don't want to upset my salvation with God. Now I'm thinking 
I want to stay true to myself because this this can mess me up emotionally. I, I heard a sermon not too long ago, and, I, and I, when I heard the sermon, it reminded me of a sermon I did. Right. <laughs> and it was basically the, the preacher was saying this, and I remember, what a piece of shit. And I was like, wait, I used to say that. But he said something like, if I didn't have Jesus in my heart, I would be living wild and I would be just doing this and right. doing drugs and doing the women, but I followed Jesus. And I was like, wait, so you're like really a piece of shit guy? Right. Yeah. Like literally right. would hurt humans. Yeah. Because you've never adopted Jesus, your own coat. Right. That's just crazy. I, but I, I remember saying something. Yeah. Like that that no. you know, it's what Jesus keeps me on the straight and narrow, Lance. Well, now I'm like, well, and think no. about how different the message would have been back even in, in evangelism and saying, you know, like having a more balanced approach to this, like, you know, I've adopted a code that, that aligns more to what Jesus teaches in the Bible, as opposed to this dogmatic of, you know, I believe that you can only get to heaven because if you live according, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just, just saying like that, even like I've, you know, I think we all have a code to live by and I, I try to align more to a code that Jesus you know, some, I mean, it right. just, it's just disarming in some ways and more accurate right. to what's really happening. Right. Because like you said, that person, you and I aren't necessarily believers anymore like that. And yet we still live by the code. Right. Right. So Lance, it's good to be back with good you, Good with you, my friend. Always good to see you. For all the listeners, we're, we're doing twice a month. Yeah. Uh, first Sunday or first Monday of the month is the four guys in the bottle yep. of scotch. Yep. And then the third Sunday or third Monday. Why do I keep saying Sunday? Because <laughs> you're such a I'm religious man. Jesus, you're such a religious Lord's man. Sabbath day. <laughs> anyway, on Mondays, just me lands. and me and me and the homie. That's right. Well, guys, thanks for listening today. Peace out. Peace.